Welcome to this episode for the Promotion Playbook, a proven path to your fire department promotion. I'm Josh Wells, the author of the book. Currently, I'm a captain paramedic, and I've used what I'm sharing with you to successfully promote. And more importantly, I've helped a lot of other people promote using these tools and strategies and skills. And I'm hopeful that um, you can apply this and find success with your own promotion. Uh, today, we're going to be covering the, uh, the size up sheet. And so if you're going for a promotion, this is a common thing that people prepare for. A lot of times people over prepare for their size ups and don't do enough in the other areas. So make sure that you do a comprehensive approach. Uh, the three parts of the promotion playbook are story, seven strategies, and four skill sets. Story, strategy, skill set. And so we've gone through the four skills. The four skills are study, speak, write, and application. So right now we're in this, this part of what I call the game day toolbox. And it's this host of, of resources to help you navigate success in an assessment center. This brings us down to the application category. And under that is the size up sheets. These sheets are designed to simplify the whole process of incident management. And uh, specifically, they give, you, they give you a guide for the first couple minutes that you arrive on scene. We cover uh, fire for structure fire, for wildland fire, and for motor vehicle accidents. So we'll get right into it. If you don't have a copy of the book, you can pick it up on Amazon or go to promotionplaybook.com for more details and more resources that are gonna to continue to grow and evolve. So a lot of times people get really worried about having to do these size ups during an assessment center. Uh, it can be really stressful and it's something you definitely need to prepare for. I do wanna emphasize the importance of covering those four other skill sets of study skills, speaking skills, writing skills, and then application is where I put the size up skill set. Um, make sure that you're not solely focused on doing good size ups and neglecting your oral board skills or your ability to write, or you neglect studying the text. Because uh, from what I've seen, the incident man, the um, the running the scenes and incident management is not a not a real common fail point. For a lot of people. There's this fear going into it that uh, you might lose a firefighter or that you might not gain control of this incident or you might lose accountability for someone or you might uh, have a house burned down to the ground and totally mess it up. There is, there is that potential, but uh, more often than not, most, most people that do their, uh, this part of the assessment center it's not a real common thing that people are going to fail. Generally speaking, every assessment center can be unique, but most of the time, uh, it's not like a make or break thing doing the incident size up part of your assessment center. So give it, give it the preparation necessary and make sure that you don't neglect your other skills. Make sure that you do the entirety of everything that you're expected to be tested on. So the way these look is that each of these is just a one page sheet. And um, some of it is modeled off of blue card command. The, the references for that are given in the promotion playbook. And the blue, blue card command 
is a real simple, uh, simple way of organizing uh, incidents. What they don't have is it's the majority of it is focused on doing structure fires. And they don't, at least when I went through the program, there wasn't modules on motor vehicle accidents or on wildfire so much. It was, it was mostly these uh, residential fires such as apartment complex, and then you have your residential houses, and then you have your commercial structures, and then you have your strip malls. Really great training, but I added these two different size ups, and you're gonna see the references. Um, so not only blue card, but also from, um, I took some, re I, I used some references from the forest service to build the wildfire size up. And then for motor vehicle accident, things had to be tweaked and uh, twist, uh, I guess modified some to best fit this one page size up. So they're overall looking at it is that there's, there's a one page size up sheet for structure fire. There's one for wildland fire and one for motor vehicle accidents. And the foundation of all these comes down to being able to do a CAN report. A CAN report is conditions, actions, and needs. And the way that all of these are lined out is if, if you ever go into um, a scenario where you have to be the incident manager, you're the first person to arrive on scene, and you have to give a good radio report and get the right resources to that scene, make the right actions. Understand that all of this can be um, summarized and organized into a simple CAN report. What are the conditions? What are your actions? And what are the needs? If you stick to that format, regardless of what you're facing, you're going to be able to um, navigate through it okay. It, it may not be optimal. You might miss some keywords. Um, you might not assign a tag channel or you might not assume command or there's things that could be forgotten. So this is, you, but realize starting out, if you look at the, the bigger view of how this is organized, what are the conditions? What are your actions and what do you need? If all you do is go in and you say, hey, here's the conditions, here's the actions I'm doing, here's what I need, you're gonna do okay. Now, um, and then there's two pieces to that. So you arrive on scene and what are the conditions, actions, needs? So you arrive on scene and you give a CAN report. And then after your CAN report, you give a 360 follow-up report. So um, each of these one pages has your initial report and then it has a, a follow-up report. And that'll get, you, that'll get you through the first part of the incident. We have a separate tool uh, that's down in the book after this which is an incident resource list, which I included as part of this, so that you can help to, it's a simple way to track resources. There's all sorts of size up templates and guides and things that are out there that may or may not work for you, but one that you could use is this one found in the promotion playbook where you can track all your resources um, when they get on scene, where, you, where their location is in the assignment. If you can give a good initial report, if you can give a good follow-up report and you can adequately manage all of your resources, you're gonna do well on this part of the test. So I'm just gonna give you an overview of, um, so of each 
the structure fire, the wildland fire, and the MVA. I'll just give you a quick some, uh, overview of what each of these look like. And then I encourage you to check out the promotion playbook and print these out and keep them with you because the more you can get this um, ingrained into the habits of your size up, the easier it will be. So structure fire. So we're moving on to the one page for the structure fire. We have the conditions, the actions and the needs is part of the initial assessment. Under conditions is uh, the building, what's the size, how many stories and type. So size is small, medium, large or mega. Stories one, two, three, four, five. Type is residential or commercial. You could expand that in terms of calling in an apartment complex, uh, hotel, uh, strip mall. You can add more to it, but for these forms, I kept it as basic and simple as possible because I want you to get the habit of following this, this format. And then from there, you can expand, you can add more to it if you want. So there's building problem and location, which is part of the conditions. So as you go through this, is you can check it off. So you can either make a lot of copies of these, or if you wanna laminate these and then use a dry erase pin each time you do a size up. And um, I started off by showing you, if, if you're watching the video, I start off by showing you a video of a big structure fire. You can just do a Google search of a structure fire and you can just pull up a picture and practice how you're gonna size this up and just go through this to get the repetitions. So just get a picture and then practice doing it. Ideally, you're gonna do it with your crew and a team so that you can have the radio report, you can have this back and forth dialogue, but as you're, you're getting ready for this, a simple way to do it is just pull up pictures and practice going through and giving size ups based on those pictures. Or you can go around the neighborhood and look at different houses, uh, buildings and practice doing size ups and imagine if they were on fire. So the actions is your task, location, and objective. That's a common pattern you're going to see on these size-ups forms. So the action I'm doing is this, the location is this, and the objectives are this. For location, we use Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, or the exposure on one of those sides. And then you have water supply and strategy. So you just go through and you check off one of these. And then any needs, cancel, stage, continue, upgrade, or add. And then the final part for your initial report is to establish command. So conditions, actions, needs, establish command. Next, you do a 360 follow-up report. And again, conditions, actions, needs is the main part of it. So what's the condition, the building, the basement, the problem, the location? Then under the action, what's your plan? What's your accountability location? And are the utilities secure? We broke down utilities here. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll go through these and people will be like, did you secure the utilities? And a lot of times you can get by with just saying the utilities were secure. The problem with that is that you can shut down one of the utilities and not have all the utilities secure. So I included the most common ones here, which is electric, gas, solar, and water. So it, it's, it's better to, instead of just saying utilities are secure on my 360, say, on my 360, I shut down the um, I shut down electric, gas, and water to the house. You may not need to shut down water unless it's like a flooding sprinkler head. But you could say utilities are secure. I shut down electric and gas. It gives a little bit more uh, a better picture in terms of just 
broad, seeing broadly utilities. Now, a lot of times in assessment centers, you can get by with just seeing utilities, but understanding that you need to shut down the electrical. Um, if you say you secured utilities, but you didn't shut down the gas and there's a busted gas line inside of that structure, that could be a major problem that got overlooked. Another common thing is that with a lot of houses that have solar is that you can turn off access at the main electrical panel, but many of these solar, the many times there's solar has its own power unit that you have to shut down. Otherwise there's still gonna be electricity going into the house. I was able to learn that the um, not so easy way out of fire one time and got shocked. Fortunately, it wasn't that bad, but solar needs to be shut off too whenever it's an option. Needs, so what do you need? Engine, truck, ambulance, helicopter, police, utility company, other. I included some resources here that you can just check off as you go through that. And then um, is, I put a TAC channel here. This is a good time in many systems to add a TAC channel. Um, you can say attack channel earlier, but from what I've learned is that when you do attack channel in most, most systems is that you limit the expanse of your communication. And so if you give your initial report and say you have uh, several resources coming to this incident and you switch to attack channel too early, there's a good chance you're going to shut off communication with those units that are still far away. And if you give this 360 report, it's very relevant towards that incident. Uh, the incoming crews that are far out, outside of that TAC channel, outside the range of those radios on that TAC channel, they might not get that information. So my suggestion is you establish command during your initial size up. After the 360, that's a good time to establish your TAC channel. Um, and that way you're not overwhelming the frequency. So 360 and then do the TAC channel. So that's it. Um, you can check out more details on the structure fire. For the wildland fire, it's a little bit different. So again, conditions, actions, needs, but under conditions, the language is a little bit different. So we have size of the fire and we use quarter acre, half acre, one acre or two plus acres to simplify it into, is it a, full, is it a quarter acre, a half acre, one acre or two plus acres. And if it's smaller than any of those, you can um, you can use your own. But generally speaking, most people know what an acre is. And it's a good standard unit of measurement to share on your initial report. What's the fuel? Is it grass, brush, or timber? What's the wind? Is it calm, moderate, or heavy? What's the rate of spread? Is it slow, moderate, or fast? And are there any exposures? Another way of, another thing you might want to add here is what are the values at risk that it's facing? Is it moving towards houses? Is it moving towards a school, a retirement home? Uh, is it going to close off a major freeway? That could be helpful as part of the exposures. Special hazards is worth mentioning if it's going towards a uh, electrical plant or <clears throat> maybe a place that has a lot of gas or, or um, combustible materials. Actions is what are your actions? Task location objectives, we gave the options here on the sheet of direct attack, indirect attack, exposure protection, or evacuate. These are simple ones that you can check. You can also add any other unique task that you might be doing. But generally speaking, you're going to, uh, most of the time, it's going to be a direct attack 
that you're going to just go and, and de deploy some host lines or try to do a line around the fire. Uh, if it's advanced and you're going to do an indirect attack by, by burning into the fire, you have some options there. Task, where are you located and what is the objective? So we're going to do a direct attack off of the highway on the, the north flank of the fire with the objective of catching, um, catching the head of the fire and cutting it off from the flank. Water supply, tank, hydrant, water, tinder, or draft. That's important to get that out there because it's important to know what your water supply is. And then you have any needs and establish command. And then you go on to the follow-up report. So this is not necessarily a 360 uh, because in wildland, it can become more difficult to do a 360, if not even dangerous to do a 360 of the fire. Um, but a follow-up report is still helpful. So once you start your initial action, uh, a few minutes after that, uh, once you, uh, you start your plan, give a follow-up report on any updated conditions, any updated actions, and any additional needs that you're going to need. <coughs> Excuse me. Any additional needs that you're going to um, require. And then the TAC channel that you're going to operate on. So again, TAC channel is a lot of times it's going to be best on your follow-up report. Then we have the MVA size-up report. So again, what are the conditions? What are your actions? What do you need? The, the under conditions, we have the number of vehicles, the accident type, whether it's a side swipe, a rear end, a T-bone, a head-on, a rollover. And again, you can keep this in the engine. I use these um, when I'm working. I'll keep a copy of these in the engine. And I'll just real quick go through these. And then I'll give my report. It only takes it only takes a few seconds to do real quick. You go through this, and then as you're giving a report, you know sometimes people have been like, "Hey, it sounds like like we've been training." And I'll read this and go off it. And they're like, "Hey, you're just reading off of the list. You're cheating." I was like, "How is that cheating? I'm consistently giving a report of what I'm seeing, what I'm going to do, and what we need." So, um, I think it's a good idea to keep it with you. You want to rehearse and practice enough so you don't need it. But if during your test, you're allowed to bring this in, this can be a really helpful tool because it ensures consistency of your communication and it ensures that you don't miss anything as you're going through this. If you have it in your head and it's rehearsed and you're, you're habitual, you have the habits to just go through this thoroughly, that's fine. But when you show up on emergency incidents, there can be a lot of distracting things that happen. Maybe you have bad radio communication. Maybe there's people knocking on the engine, trying to get you to, to get out of the engine to help. Um, before you give your radio report, maybe you had to jump out of the engine and now you have to give it by hand and there's, there's wind and there's fire, whatever. There can be a lot of things that can distract you from this. So practice doing it per the sheet. And then once you have to do it without it, you should be able to follow that sequence really well. So the follow-up report is, um, so quick note on this is that with, with the MVA, um, ideally you're able to do a, a 360, but a lot of times that might not be the case, especially if it's a multi-casualty incident and it spans really far. So your follow-up report is the additional details. And what I put here is, um, I put three categories here, which I think is, is a simple way to do it because you have um, patients and conditions. So you have how many fatalities, how many critical patients, 
and how many minor. Something to mention with that, or at least consider in the back of your head, is that um, when you're considering the critical and the minor patients, is that's going to tie directly into your needs for resources. So if you have four patients that are minor and none of them want hospital transport, then you're not going to need extra ambulances or, or helicopters there. But if you have um, maybe a couple critical and three or four different minor injuries, but they all want transport to the hospital, make sure that you call for the appropriate resources early based on this condition. Uh, special hazards. So is there any special hazards? Is there leaking fuel anywhere? Is there fire? Is there, um, you know, someone that's violent? Whatever, make sure that you're aware or an unstable vehicle. Make sure that those special hazards are communicated. Your action and your needs. So that's it. The, um, you know, briefly touch on this incident resource list is one more tool that's in here. So if you use this with it, this is a good way to practice. You get all your resources. You, you mark the time that they arrive on scene and then the location and then their assignment. So, and then any additional notes down here. So if you wanted to use this sheet, this is a helpful um, sheet, the incident resource list. It's certainly not um, all comprehensive, but if you're able to track all your resources, you're able to track when they get on scene, you know where they're at and you know their assignment. It's a good way to, a good simple way to keep track of everybody that's at that incident. It can complement. So these are designed to go together that you have the, um, the size up, the follow up, and then you track your resources and check in occasionally. If nothing else, just remember to do a CAN report when you get on scene. A few minutes after you get on scene, do another CAN report. And then probably every five to 10 minutes, depending on the severity of the incident, do CAN reports with anybody else that's on that scene and probably keep your dispatch center um, updated on progress also. Thanks for watching. I wish you the best of luck with your promotion. If you have any feedback, I appreciate it. And um, get a copy of the book for more details on this and so you can start practicing these forms. Thank you.